Can someone testify that the Lord is good? Let's give a big, big praise in the house of God today. Man, this is a good day to be in the house of God. Amen? Man, whenever you see the baptism's water staring and sending out college students to be missionaries and singing and giving praise to King Jesus, man, that's a good day. It's a good day. If you're watching online, we're so glad that you could join us. And I pray today that our time around, God, around God's Word will really be refreshing. If you have a copy of God's Word, I invite you in this preaching hour to go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. We'll spend a few minutes just reading this text. And, uh, and then we'll jump to Acts chapter 4 and see what Peter and John are up to there. So as you're turning God's Word, I pray that today you'll take a next step closer towards Jesus Christ. Whatever that step may look like. Could be salvation, could be connecting to a connection group, could be baptism. Uh, but I'm praying today that you'll take your next step towards Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 18. Jesus calls his first disciples. Allow me to read now the word of God. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. While walking by the sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left the nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending the nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and the father and followed him. Man, I like that word immediately. They didn't check their calendars. They didn't, check, they didn't take time uh, to even ponder. Immediately, they left and they followed Jesus. My question I pose to you today, those of us in the room and watching online, how should we follow Jesus today? How should we follow Jesus today? And my encouragement to you today, following Jesus, follow me, is being with Jesus. You cannot follow Jesus from afar. So what I'm trying to say is, if you understand me, you cannot follow Jesus via satellite campus online course. You've got to be with Jesus. You've got to own your relationship with Jesus. You've got to call him my Lord and Savior. You cannot say he's my grandmother's Savior. You, if you want to follow Jesus, Jesus needs to be my personal Lord and Savior. And if you look at the progression of relationships, you have a stranger a stranger becomes an acquaintance. Acquaintance becomes a friend. A friend becomes a best friend, and the best friend becomes your wife. I'm talking about that progression. <laughs> That's how it goes, guys. That's how it goes. And so when you are following Jesus, you cannot be in a stranger camp and call yourself a Christ follower. I would go on further to say you cannot be an acquaintance of Jesus and say you're a follower of Jesus. You need to be sold out for Jesus, immediately leaving your lifestyle and putting your faith in the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and having him as your personal, personal pronoun, Lord and Savior. Because when you do that, great things happen. 
And I'm just telling you some of the great stories that we talked about throughout Scripture for all these times. But what about that, that girl knows 600 some odd Scripture? She'll still be quoting Scripture. We'll be done with lunch. She'll only be halfway through. So do the math. She may possibly learn more than two Scriptures per day. Wow. I asked Dennis Dean to have a competition of verses uh, with her, but apparently that didn't work out very well. We thank the Lord for Dennis and for all the education ministry we do here. Man, it's children like these going to change the world. Amen? It's college students like that going to change the world. Choose to follow Jesus. He's stopping on your street today. Now jump on to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 1. I'll read verse number 1 and verse, uh, to verse number 4 and we'll jump on the story. These same disciples... Acts chapter 4 and verse number 1. As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, talking about Peter and John, greatly annoyed. That's a good line, two words. Greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Jump to verse number 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name do you do this? Then Peter, same Peter, big mouth Peter, but this is for a good reason. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the peoples and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is a stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Amen? Amen. Verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. If you want to have any compliment in this world, then that's a compliment that people who are annoyed by the name of Jesus can truly recognize that you have been with Jesus. You want to create an atmosphere where you live, where you work, and where you play? Give people the reason to truly say, now he has been with Jesus. When you look at the scriptures, Peter and John had not been trained in a rabbinic school because rabbis will choose interns and apprentices to be their students. There's a long protocol you need to go through for you to be a student of a rabbi. Nor did they have official positions or even recognized in any of the religious circles. They were just ordinary men 
catching and frying mullet. Amen? That's who they were. In fact, these guys ate the backbones. That's how humble they were. But they're standing with all these people accusing them. They had courage. The word boldness in verse number 13 translates to courage. Because they had assurance and they had authority. Only Jesus can do this. Only Jesus can do this. The apostles was experiencing the promised power that Jesus had promised. Remember Jesus said, when I'm going to the Father, I'm going to send you the comforter. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And this power is being displayed right in front of all these religious leaders. Now, I read of Peter in the New Testament. This Peter, in the New Testament, this, we, we learned two different Peters. This Peter, remember when that girl said, oh, you were with Jesus. Oh, no, it wasn't me. You sound just like him. Who, me? No. It, that's not me. I'm not from Nazareth. And he denied Jesus three times. He was lying that he was associated with Jesus here. At this side, it is a privilege he's been with Jesus. Because when they said, uh, we recognize you, you've been with Jesus, he didn't fight it. What was an insult here was a compliment here. So what's the difference between that Peter and this Peter? John chapter 21, when Jesus sat him down and asked, do you love me? He said, Peter has been to Jesus. And I'm asking you today, can you come face to face with Jesus to answer that question, do you love me? The difference in Peter's life is that Jesus spent time with Peter and Peter spent time with Jesus. You see, you and I want to live this Holy Ghost power and live for Jesus. You cannot live for full authority and power and confidence if you do not spend time with Jesus. You got to spend time with Jesus. So I coach a lot of church planters, nationally and internationally. During the last five months, I was doing a lot of coaching and connecting with people. I met with many people in this room, many people throughout the country, and everyone is asking me this one question. Hey, how can I grow my church? I said, follow Jesus. They said, how can I reach my city? Follow Jesus. I was just up in Boston a couple of weeks ago. How can we reach, reach the south end? Follow Jesus. And perhaps let me bring it down here. How can I make my marriage work? Follow Jesus. How do I live a, 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 an impactful life? Follow Jesus. There's no better advice I can give you. There's no silver bullet. The only command Jesus says, follow me. But following Jesus cannot be done at a distance. Adam and Eve could not follow God out of the hiding. You've got to come out of your hiding to follow Jesus. So you cannot say you're following Jesus and you're hiding somewhere behind a bush because you think you are naked. You've got to come and confront Jesus and have this relationship with Jesus. And then you know that you are following him. So I asked many people this question. How do you spend time with Jesus in your quiet time? 
This was a response. What is a quiet time? I'm like, I thought he did not understand the question. How do you spend time with Jesus? Well, I go to church. How do you spend time with Jesus? Well, I go to a Wednesday Bible study. Listen, my friends, if your spiritual digest for the entire week is one hour on a Sunday, you are shooting way too low. You cannot live in this day and age, in this culture, having a spiritual experience that you would call attending church. Attending church is not a spiritual experience. Being the church is a spiritual experience. That you are a body, you are living, you are active. And it saddens us that we don't know what is a devotional quiet time. Help me to define that for you. Because these men, they were acknowledged and they were recognized. These men have spent time to Jesus. My question to you is, when was the last time you and I spent time with Jesus and the floor right beside you was wet because of the tears that's flowing down when you encountered the pages of Scripture and you met with the living God? And you may say, well, I've accepted Jesus. Well, you could be spending time with Jesus for 20 years. You may know Jesus for 10 years. You may know Jesus for five minutes. The truth of it is this. You needed all of Jesus then, and you need all of Jesus now. Every bit of Jesus. So in the prayer that I'm going to share with you today, it's from the 24-7 prayer. And I answer the question when people ask me, I don't know, man, what it is to spend time with Jesus. P, in the uh, acronym for prayer, P is to pause. Pause. Do you know how hard it is to pause? Man, this, this world is going at a speed that you and I can't keep up. But the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Pause. So for me, when I wake up, the first thing I do, brush my teeth, so I have a tall glass of water, I open the Word of God, and I just be still. Pause. Quiet. Corrie ten Boom in the German camps, I quote, don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. A man is powerful on his knees. There's one appointment I don't want to keep. It's 1.30 at my dentist tomorrow. I don't want to keep an appointment, but I got to go. Do you have an appointment with Jesus where you just sit and be still? R is for rejoice. When you are quiet in the presence, my friend, and read scripture, read a psalm and reflect in the quietness of your time. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And you journal and you reflect. May the page of Scripture speak to us. Scriptures will read you as you read Scripture. A, ask. Ask, my friends, turn your shopping list to a surrender list. I'm telling you, if you're trusting Jesus, every good and perfect thing you need in your life will be given to you. But I'm telling you, 
do not ask for things that you are not aligning yourself to the will of God. Ask me, ask God, say, God, how can I be the answer to a prayer to someone today? Ask God, what do you want of me? How can I live better for you? Ask him before, yes, he will bless you. And let me remind you, if Jesus didn't have to bless us with anything ever again, Jesus has done enough. In quietness, why is healed? Align to his will for your life. Align his will for your life. I call that my quiet time. Align. Lord, I have sinned in my life. Please remove that in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm struggling for discipline. Remove that and bring, and bring order in Jesus' name. Do you know the first seven minutes of your morning will set the trend and your temperature for the entire day. But if you are rushing and leaving and don't care to spend time with Jesus, then people all around you will not recognize that you've been with Jesus. Now, guys, hear me out. Many of you I've talked to you said, well, my quiet time is in the truck, okay, on my drive to work. Hear me out, hear me out. You want to drive and spend time to Jesus. Sometimes... There's a lot of, they give the bird on your morning compute. You know what I'm saying to say? And there's crazy drivers, uh, and just keep the bird in the cage, okay? Don't, don't, don't react. Just keep the bird in the cage. My, <laughs> my question is this. Do you want to give the best call, my drive to work, to someone who died for you? If you're spending time in your truck, praise God, that's good. But it's not good enough. You can't tell me you're giving the one who gave his life for you your best time. His trade, he is giving you his life, you're giving you his, your commute. Be quiet, quiet, quiet. And hear from God. Hear from God. George Sweeting from this 24-7 prayer network I quote, if we don't maintain a quiet time each day, it's not really because we are too busy. It's because we do not feel it is important enough. Late nights kill the quiet time. Quiet time is just not an helpful idea. A quiet time is absolutely necessary for your spiritual growth. So imagine, it's not that we are too busy. We just said, well, spending time with Jesus is not that important. When I need you, I'll call you. So I don't know whether it's Luke, he's here at church today, Ray Davis's grandson and son. Luke, we were up there sitting in, in, the, in the balcony a couple of weeks ago. Pastor asked us to pray for revival. Three, four people get together. And so I turned, here was Luke. And this eight-year-old boy, he asked his dad, what is revival? And so his dad gave him an explanation, and Luke prayed. Luke prayed for revival. But what if every one of us in this room, what, just what if we decided to spend 15 minutes in pausing, rejoicing, and reflecting, asking God, and yielding to his will every day.
Each one of us. Let's go further. What if every Christian you and I know, we all together spend 15 minutes every day with King Jesus? What could we do? And I will tell Luke, when that happens to the church, revival will come. Because somewhere down the journey, we don't think spending time is important enough with Jesus. Because you have other important things to take care of. Students who are graduating, Tim Keller, who died this week, he said, your career did not die for you, Jesus did. Do not put your career in front of your Christ. Only Christ can open the doors to your career. And you could be doing whatever you want in your life and be the most disciplined in your budgeting, in your family, in whatever you do. I'm asking you, be disciplined in your time before King Jesus. So that the people are annoyed with you, you are oozing Jesus. You cannot practice a fruit of the Spirit from your flesh. That's why it's not called the fruit of your flesh. We have too many of those. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. And as we look into God's Word, when you spend quiet time and being with Jesus... When you enter your time with Jesus, (laughs) you enter as a lamb and you come out as a lion. You enter as a lamb and you come out as a lion. And let me tell you, when you come out as a lion, come what may in your day, Jesus will reign supreme. So I can imagine what Peter and John are going through. I mean, they... There's a beggar that needed healing. People who could walk, religious people, mind you, brought the beggar, left him at the beautiful uh, gate, the crippled man, and they went because they had season tickets at the synagogue. And so God chose ordinary men. And guys, let me tell you, the greatest excuse in the local church today, I'm not qualified. Oh, I can't do that. I mean, if you have Jesus, yes, you can. If you have Jesus, sure you can. Because he'll give you words to say even when he doesn't come out from your mouth. The Spirit of God will. So when you spend this quiet time with Jesus, what happens? Well, there's a couple things happen. Let me highlight three. The first, there's three invitations when you spend time with Jesus. When you spend time with Jesus, you find a call to holiness. When you open God's word and you are still before God, you experience the holiness of God. Every scripture from Genesis to Revelation and all the names that I cannot pronounce and you cannot pronounce, Jesus is interwoven throughout scripture. Every piece of it, he's talking about his holiness. He's talking about Jesus. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the patterns and passions of your former ignorance, 
But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy, holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy because I am holy. Jesus didn't say be good because I am good. He didn't say become a church attender because I'm a church attender. He said set the bar. Be holy for I am holy. And when you spend time with Jesus, the holiness of God that separates you from sin jumps up and moves in your heart. And you can stand in confidence in wherever you are and trust the holiness of God because the holiness is your standard, not the culture around you. We live for King Jesus. Hope is alive because the throne is occupied. And we live from a point of holiness because Jesus wants us to be holy because he is holy. Once a year, I read a book called The Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges. It's a classic read. He describes the word pursuit as the diligence and effort required. It's not easy to follow Jesus. It needs diligence. It needs effort to say, I'm not going to party late at night because I got to spend time with Jesus in the morning. Not only a pursuit is diligence and an effort, it's also a lifelong task. You are on a journey to know about who Jesus is more and more and more and more. Knowing Jesus, spending time in his holiness, your life, my friends, will never be the same. I never met anyone in scriptures that met Jesus and were not changed. I'll give you names. I mean, the lady at the, the Samaritan woman at the well. You think her life was the same? Blind Bartimaeus. You think Lazarus woke up like, okay, it's another day. Spending time with Jesus changes your path of your life. You know, many times we want to make plans. Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans in the man's heart, but it's the purpose of the law that will prevail, and that purpose is to honor and glorify him. Augustine of Hippo, a theologian and philosopher. Augustine is written about him, a great saint of God, and lived with a prostitute before his conversion. After Augustine was wonderfully saved, he was walking down the street and this prostitute saw him. She shouted his name, Augustine, Augustine, and he kept on walking. He saw her, but his eyes were straightforward and he walked. She continued crying, and running after him, Augustine. And finally, she said, Augustine, it is I. To which he replied, I know, but it's no longer I. Augustine had an encounter with Jesus. Because at that day, that prostitute came to realize, like scripture tells us, these were unschooled, ordinary men, but they have been with Jesus. And that day, that prostitute said, Ha, you have been with Jesus. Because spending time with Jesus 
makes us want to honor him and praise him and give him glory. Because that's what he deserves. Not only holiness when you spend time with Jesus, but number two, that second invitation is a call to humility. To a call to humility. James writes for us in James chapter 4 and verse number 10. Humble yourself in the ways of the Lord and he will lift you up. He will. You can't give a promotion for yourself. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. I asked the first church. Don't you think we need more humble Christians? Every time we walk in, he's as if we got it figured out. You know, this intersection here in Escambia County is the most busiest intersection in our county. And everyone who's driving there at this intersection thinks everyone in here got life figured out. <laughs> what a joke, all right? We don't have life figured out. We don't. We know the one who can. That's a difference. Because every day, every day you spend time with Jesus, you grow closer to God. Call that holiness. And when you got closer to God, it'll humble you. And number three, the third invitation, when you spend time with Jesus, you will receive joy. You will have a call to joy that when you leave the presence of God, you will go out and live a life full of joy and full of strength because in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And when circumstances come alongside you, like Peter and John being arrested, they can smile at all the op uh, oppositions and say salvation comes in no other name but the name of Jesus. That's joy. Philippians 4.4, 4, Paul writes to the Philippi church, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, it, and again I say, rejoice. Let's do something fun. Pull out your phones, right? Almost forgot about this, but anyway. Pull out your phone. That's what we do. When Ted Trail is away, we play with our phones in church. All right. So there's something on the screen there. We're going to... This, don't take a picture of this. This is a QR code. I was told to tell that to the first church. Anyway, so just, <laughs> just do that and follow the instructions on the screen. Follow the, as you follow the instructions on the screen, those of you watching online, you do the same. I hope we don't crash the internet here at Olive. So everybody, I know you got a phone. Just go off Facebook and, and go on to this. Um, and there's a question for us to answer. Maybe this is an opportune time. How many times per week do you have a quiet time with Jesus and share your experience with someone? Can you give an answer? You guys got it? Go on the QR code. Put your camera on the QR code. Here we go. Man, this is more encouraging. How many times per week do you have a quiet time with Jesus and you share that with somebody else. It's going, wow. Right off the bat. We got five or greater going on 17%, none, 22%. Let's go, let's go. Okay? Let's, let's keep it going for 10 more seconds. Everybody, this only time it's okay to use your phone. There's two times it's okay to use the phone. One to tithe and one to do this. Okay, everything else not allowed. All right. Can lobby, you love analytics. Check this out. 
very popular. This is you in the room answering the question, how many times per week do you have a quiet time with Jesus and share your experience with someone? That's very telling, right? I'll tell you why it's so telling. Your quiet time is just you and Jesus. And Jesus will lead you into holiness. He'll lead you into humility. He'll lead you into joy. We have over 100 schools in two of our counties. Who's going to carry the good news of Jesus Christ? And we know that we are. The church of Jesus Christ is God's plan A. There is no plan B. We are it. And if we don't take time to spend time with Jesus, and perhaps you know Jesus, the question is not whether you know Jesus. I'm glad you're saved. I rejoice with you that you're saved. I'm asking you, are you hungry and thirsty for righteousness? And the urgency to take Jesus where we are, to the streets, to the marketplace, to those who don't have, to those who are on the penthouse on Pensacola Beach, to all the law firms downtown, to Navy Federal. How many of I, if you and I don't rejoice in Jesus, how are we going to reach our city? And perhaps love fatigue has set in the church. We're tired of loving people. We are the definition of love, my friends. We are. For God so loved us. We know the love of God. George Sweeting was correct. He says, if we don't maintain a quiet time each day, it's not really because we're too busy. It's because we do not feel it is important enough. There's three billion people living in the world never heard the name Jesus. Can I please ask you to make a dent in this world? It starts with you being with Jesus. And making a time so disciplined to Jesus. Because when you spend time with Jesus, listen to what Spurgeon says. Spurgeon says, the whole of Christ in his adorable character as a son of God, is by himself made over to us most richly to enjoy. His wisdom is our direction. His knowledge, our instruction. His power is our protection. His justice, our surety. His love, our comfort. His mercy, our solace. His immut uh, immutability is our trust. Arise, O oh, believer, and behold the Lord Jesus yoking the whole of his divine Godhead to the chariot of salvation. Jesus has come to give us everything.
But there's two challenges we face very quickly. I know time is gone. Two challenges. We don't have time in our personal quiet time with Jesus because number one, the first challenge, there's too much of compromise in the marketplace. You go to the marketplace today at your workplace, go to your schools, you cannot use the name Jesus. So the marketplace is toning down the name of Jesus, and guess what happens to you? You get so bogged down by the compromise in the marketplace that you just don't care anymore. It's so hard out there. Well, I prayed that God will open the door. I was in the federal court on Friday, and I mentioned Jesus 13 times. This, the judge said, amen, please come back again. I said, praise God, I'll come back again. There's <laughs> no telling what God can do. When you spend time with the Spirit of God, He can do nothing, amen. and He can do anything. So we give our energies so bogged down by the culture, and number two, where we're losing our energy is conflict in the gathering place. It's either the gospel is getting toned down here or else we're talking and arguing about theology in the church. Let me tell you, loving God and loving people is good theology. We gave our energy to everything else and the poll shows us that 24% of us don't spend time with Jesus. Your job, my friend, is not to go correcting everybody in this world. Your job is to sit at the foot of the cross and ask him to lead you to be a gospel carrier where you live, where you work, where you play. That's why he called us. That gives God glory. Found people need Jesus. People in the church, you need community to multiply your joy and divide your pain. I started a small group this past week, 10.30 at night. These guys are texting. We had a big evangelism thing happen, and God is at work. Many of us are wounded. We need other Christians to come alongside. That is why we have connection groups. Found people need Jesus, and lost people need Jesus. It's both. It's both. We need to apply the gospel in our lives. As John comes to close, there's a, there's a picture you'll see on the screen. When you spend time with Jesus, you become like Jesus and you do what Jesus did. Did you follow the path of Jesus where you went? Man, Jesus was hanging out with the fishermen. If Jesus had to come to Pensacola, where would you be? Where would he be? Where do you think if Jesus had to come, where would he go in the city? Man, there's a Zacchaeus somewhere. He's going to find him downtown. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> there's a Zacchaeus. There's some places that he's going to connect with a Samaritan woman. These are unlikely places. When you spend time with Jesus, he will lead you to most unlikely places for his glory. For me, it's a federal courthouse. Every couple of months, I'm hanging out there. You never know. Huh? There's an attorney right there. You never know. The story is this. Adam was created for Jesus. He was created to be close to Jesus. He was created to go for a walk with Jesus. But he made some bad choices. And when you make one bad choice, you take other people with you and you hurt other people. But guess what? Adam came to know, man, I need to come out of hiding. I need to come back to Jesus. And the way you come back to the living God is through Jesus, his death, his burial, and resurrection. And I'm just telling you, man, that red Adam is a happy Adam. Carry that story to wherever you go, where you live, where you work, and where you play. That's a story of salvation. 
Take it with you, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Imagine, as John plays, just imagine with me. I know time is gone, okay? I'll talk fast. <laughs> Listen quickly. Imagine you come to know Jesus like Adam. You spend your quiet time with Jesus and you base your marriage and your life on Jesus. And you spend your quiet time with Jesus. Where would he take you to carry the gospel? Man, it's amazing. You see, it all comes with us. A couple of weeks ago, I saw the mother here today. A couple of weeks ago, we were having lunch at one of our dear friends' home. And as we were having lunch, we, after lunch, we were sitting outside in pace. It was a long trip, but anyway, um, we were there and having lunch. I'm talking with the adults, and suddenly there was a sound of glass breaking. That's how it sounds, okay? And here comes young Adam. Adam, red-headed kid, is crying his eyeballs out, running. And his daddy, Colin, just opened his arms. And Adam ran. I'm just watching this happen. I'm like, man, this is a gospel story right here. And, and funny enough, that kid's name is Adam. And Adam ran into Colin's arms. And the father asked, what is, what, what is it, buddy? He said, it was a mistake. Dad, it was a mistake. I'm sorry. What happened? What happened? He said, I dropped the glass. It was a mistake. Man, that daddy said, Adam, he kissed him on his forehead. It's going to be okay, Adam. It's going to be okay. Don't worry. I love you. I'm here for you. And later on, the woman went and took care of the glass. But I was watching this gospel story. Our wives went and took care of the glass. And, 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 and Adam was in the arms of his daddy. He said, it's okay. Religion tells you I messed up and my daddy's going to kill me. Relationship says I messed up. I can't wait to go to my dad. And that same dad wants you to spend time with him. Not only when you break the glass. And that Jesus just wants to spend time with you. And that story of Adam running to his dad will be in my mind for the rest of my life. Because three billion people don't know that is a dad who loves And so as you come to him today, won't you come and renew your life to Jesus? And he will make your path straight.